0: Hello, and welcome to the Press Gallery the Edmonton Journal's Politics Podcast. I am your host, provincial affairs reporter Emma Graney, back from vacation, chasing elephants, etc. It is Friday, September 27, 2019, and this is the Budget Signs and Supreme Strangeness edition. <laughs> um, with me today, my boss, Dave Breckenridge. How are you, mate?
1: Well, I
2: was good up until you got to strangeness in the. Oh, yeah. Um, now I'm like
0: what
2: i don't know what's going on
0: oh you'll find out when i tell everyone what we're talking about i like that you're coming into this fresh yeah Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome we'll get your real thoughts Uh, (laughs) 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 political columnist keith ryan how are you mate
1: i'm good probably a little better than dave that's that's a little melancholy don't worry it's gonna be good we're gonna have a good time yeah
0: we always have a good time here and for her first time her podcast debut moira whiten how are you mate I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Maura's uh, been down at the ledge a few times while I have been away and, of course, uh, joined me down there for a couple of days this week. Thank you for coming and keeping me company.
3: Thank you. I feel like I always bring the chaos and I'm down at the ledge. So. <laughs> <laughs> Usually that's my job,
0: so I'm glad that someone else is now taking responsibility. Excellent. So we've got a few things on the go this week, Dave. All will become clear any minute now. Awesome. <laughs> We're going to talk about the AUMA convention. That is the Alberta Urban Municipalities Association we're going to talk about some tidbits from Municipal Affairs Minister Casey Madhu, and also speeches from Kenny and Notley this morning, Friday morning as we record. We're also going to talk about what I believe was one of the strangest, if not the strangest press conference I've ever been to. It was a TELUS announcement for like a $16 billion investment in Alberta.
2: That doesn't sound very strange.
0: It doesn't sound strange, but oh... Oh, Dave, you'll find <laughs> out why it was. And finally, we're going to talk a little bit about a decision, a court decision, uh, which basically throws an injunction on Alberta's Bill 12, which is turn off the TAPS legislation because we can't go that long without talking about pipelines. Hey, guys. No,
1: of course not. It's been too, while, too mm-hmm. long, right? Like 12 been, hours at least.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, in podcast times, though, when did we even last talk about the pipelines? Uh,
1: well, you've, you haven't been here, so. Uh,
0: hey, man. <laughs> it's true. I was in Zambia. It was yeah. cool. I saw lots of, like, wild animals in that. Zebras I'm now obsessed with. They have, like, little mohawks. They look like punks. I'm totally on board with zebras. Zebras, as you all say.
2: We actually mentioned that on last week's podcast, the distinction between zebra and zebra. Oh, yeah, of zebra. course.
0: Yeah, I listened to it on the plane on the way back. Thanks, Keith, for pointing out that airline emissions are now way higher as I was in an airplane listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do what I can. B- before I just... Go and clobber Keith with my notepad for making me feel guilty. Uh, let's start off with AUMA because that has been quite the big event here in uh, Edmonton this week. AUMA, Alberta Urban Municipalities Association, because you know, got to stop using letters at some point. So there, it was their convention that they do each year. Um, now, Moira, you went along this week. It was your fir- was it your first AUMA? It was. Oh yeah, how'd you like it?
3: Uh, it was. It was great. Um, (laughs) It was a little bit overwhelming. Honestly, there were so many more municipalities that, as someone who grew up in Alberta, I never could have told you even existed. (laughs) So that was a a big shock. But, um, yeah, no, it was honestly, uh, the reception that the ministers got was warmer than I expected. Yeah. Um, And the energy in the room was honestly palpable during both of the the panels that the ministers, uh, provincial ministers were on. Um, There was a lot more... Engagement and like a lot more issues that you know we don't mm-hmm. even necessarily uh, hear about as much in the big city. So
0: yeah, for sure. Um, y- was this now, Keith? You have been to them before, right?
1: I have many. Yes.
3: You love
0: a good AUMA convention.
1: Yeah, AUMA and the rural municipalities of Alberta both are yes. equally exciting.
0: Mm. <laughs> Uh, Do you mean that? It is
1: is interesting because you do you do catch up on issues that you might not hear normally in downtown Edmonton. So
0: yeah, for sure. Now I went along this morning. It is Friday as we speak. Um, First was opposition leader Rachel Notley did uh, a speech this morning at 9 a.m. and then Jason Kenny, Premier Jason Kenny, did a speech at 10 a.m. So that was fun. Uh, Interestingly, they're giving away these free uh, support Canadian Energy t-shirts um were they giving them away more when you were there this week i didn't Maybe they i didn't see them, them giving them away
3: but i saw many people wearing them oh yeah, yeah right the
0: whole room people just wearing them all throughout and then jason Kenny got on stage and he had his like you know energy Connect- support canadian energy t-shirt on over the top of his kind of like you know his button-down shirt. Kind oh of yeah, thing. that was the look.
3: Yeah. If they'd been giving them away, I certainly didn't didn't get one, but it no. would have been an interesting fashion statement. Why
0: do you I hate think. Canadian energy, Maura?
3: <laughs> Good question, Emma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I wanna I wanna pick your brains, Maura. What were the main things? Because Casey Madhu, who is the municipal affairs minister, he did a speech, right? Um, and that was before I think the bear pits when they when they people just throw questions
3: at ministers. Yeah, exactly. So Minister Madhu um, started out. He's the only uh, UCP MLA in the Edmonton. area. Uh, metro region and he started out with an address that really uh, I think it was warmly received by municipalities and the delegates present um, and it really laid out a plan to make municipalities um, the beneficiaries of Alberta's economic recovery that the UCPR are, are kind of um, championing uh, as, as they as they say um, you know he really focused on like reducing red tape for businesses giving cities more powers to uh, make extended uh, tax incentives and tax breaks Mm -hmm. for sectors and businesses. Um, That was legislation passed this past summer. And uh, as well, he made a big announcement about, um, or a big announcement that had been running through the rumor mill for a little while, um, that they are considering removing the tax exemption for cannabis growers Mm -hmm. in rural areas, which is currently... Um, tax at the same rate as farming, which is yep. zero. The AUMA was very – and their membership was very um, happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. They were, there were lots of cheers in the audience because um, while it's still not fully fleshed out and decided, um, it's something that the AUMA has been pushing for for a while.
0: Yeah, because I did a story on this a while – about probably about a month ago about yeah. this issue because it's something that AMA, AUMA has been pushing for because it means that municipalities get less – uh, you know, they get less property taxes from cannabis producers, but, on the-
3: but they just don't get any.
0: Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. In the cities, it's like down to like 10% or something like that. And then it'll be going down to five and then down to zero. Um, but the flip side of that is then you've got cannabis producers saying, you can't argue that we're not growing a crop just cause you don't happen to like our crop doesn't mean <laughs> it's not a crop. Um, what was the reaction to government ministers? And I'm going to I'm gonna preface this with the fact that I've been to a couple of AUMAs last year or maybe the year before, I remember, I think it was Sarah Hoffman, do you remember this, Keith, who got booed at AUMA when talking about the carbon tax, I think it was?
1: I can't remember the exact subject, but I do remember getting booed and... Sarah Hoffman got a lot of booze in her her time just because she was sort of the NDP attack dog. So the carbon tax is a very likely culprit for Mm. that booing, but it could have been other things too.
3: Any ministers get booed this year, Maura? No boos this year. There was um, a very collective sigh and dejected (laughs) noise um, after the minister. uh, This was in in the afternoon in the second panel, the minister of... Health answered a question from the audience about, you know, that had some misconceptions about um, harm reduction sites and safe injection sites, about why those were being funded while insulin was is still something that is at cost to diabetics. Oh, Um, really? And when and when the when Minister Tyler Shandro of Health um, told the person who had asked the question. you know, like I encourage you to con- t- continue your advocacy and didn't really give a give on non an answer. Give a non-answer. Um, there was a very collective uh oof <laughs> like throughout the room. But you know, surprisingly, for all the other ministers that didn't really give any clearer answers, there wasn't the same reaction. It was there were a lot of um a lot of general statements, a lot of promises to consult, um that I think the AUMA uh, seemed to welcome, um, even if they didn't necessarily get uh, the specific answers they needed. Yeah. Although I will note also that um, Councillor Michael Walters uh, in Edmonton, um, so Edmonton and Calgary councils were both present. Um, he asked first at the at the morning panel and again at the second panel about housing first uh, strategies to ending homelessness, um, and didn't get an answer on either. Seniors in Housing, Josephine Pon, um said that she you know agrees that building housing is part of the issue, is part of the solution, and um, as well as like mixed income housing that mm-hmm. she hopes to see under the UCP. But, um, you know, he asked that question for the second time and didn't get much more of an answer. So that was, I think, one of the more pointed ones in the room.
0: Yeah. Dave, um, I know you weren't there, but have you ever seen actual answers at AUMA? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was just not, optimistic. <laughs>
2: not, I mean, it is a chance for municipalities to directly question cabinet ministers, which is a good thing. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they the ministers are there because they want to promote their actions and, and what they're doing, or they want to, you know, kind of soften the blow for the budget coming up. I understand that that kind of mm-hmm. was some I'll get of to what that in uh, Jason yeah. Kenny talked about. And even Travis Taves had talked about. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's politicking. <laughs> it's, don't give straight answers. I've never heard a politician give a straight answer anywhere. Um, you know, but to Casey Medu's announcement, I, I feel for municipalities, and I think that just immediately considering cannabis as a crop, while yes, it is, <laughs> um, you know, you'd want to look at how similar products are being handled elsewhere, like cannabis, or is tobacco given certain exemptions in places in southern Ontario where it has been grown Do they grow in the with past. It? They have. I really? don't know if they still do. Not sure either. Apparently yeah. the
0: Dutch are really getting into tobacco yeah. growing lately. Sorry to interrupt.
2: That's all right. Um, tobacco you know, and tulips. And yeah. does, does, uh, do wine wineries get the same tax break in other mm. jurisdictions? Like how do you classify that? But at the very least, I think that having it just kind of as an agri- agricultural product off the hop, I, I don't know what kind of consultation went into that, but you know, it's giving municipalities some freedom to try and, um, expand their tax base without, you know, having to place it all on say, uh, home rate payers or even other businesses like that, that everyone kind of gets treated Fairly, but I, I understand where the cannabis industry is coming from. It is kind mm. of a tricky issue for them, but I think it gives the municipalities a little more leeway in terms of who they tax and how much they can tax.
0: Yeah, and, you, and you're right. Like It's one of those issues where, where you can really see both sides of it. Hey, life
3: is a gray area. <laughs> <laughs> and And one thing about the issue as well is that uh, municipalities were saying that it it adds like a lot of stress on mm. their municipal services, garbage disposal, water, et cetera, et cetera, depending on how close uh the cannabis producing facility actually is to the municipality and to that home base of services. so you could yeah. see that being a an argument that differentiates it from a standard crop a little bit. Yeah, um, one of the things, so
0: this morning, it's Friday morning, as I think I've said a few times now, the jet lag is actually going okay, guys. I'm really, my brain is kicking back into gear, so I know what day it is now. I even remember my own name. I haven't walked into a wall this morning, so I'm on top of things. Um, but so Rachel Notley, opposition leader now, she kind of got up and said in her speech this morning, you know what? this budget that's coming on october 24 that is going to download costs onto you guys municipalities are going, you're going to have to tax your um, residents more because jason kenny wants a tax base that doesn't hate his government but hates some other government instead that was rachel notley's argument today now jason kenny got up after that and said that budget will not be anything like the 1993 budget undercline that saw like wholesale cuts across all different sectors and he we asked him about that afterwards in the scrum and he and I kind of said to him like why bring up 93 like why is that such an important thing to highlight for Albertans and he went well because that was that was bad like that that was hard for Albertans to stomach And I saw that happen and when it happened even I was kind of shocked and we don't have to take this route and we don't have to go down that way. So I think politically he's trying to kind of soften the blow a little now or maybe have people not freaking out quite so much to say it's not going to be what happened then. But of course the NDP gets up and says, yeah, but it'll be something – like that, or it'll be something similar. Keith, were you listening to these speeches today?
1: Yeah, I was listening to the. I was listening to the speeches. Uh, I mean, it, th- there is a, a bit of a, an interesting dynamic going on here. Uh, th- these rooms are friendlier to the UCP than they ever were to the NDP, mm. uh, mostly because I think everyone in there except for Edmonton representatives their ridings voted UCP last time uh, and so they, they probably are more receptive to the message that uh, Jason Kenney is giving than Rachel Notley is giving
0: he but got a couple of um, lots of applause yeah
1: yeah. Yeah. So, but it is interesting, you know, whether they will still feel that way once they actually see this budget coming down, which I think was Rachel Notley's point. And, you mm. know, we, we don't know exactly what will be in there, but I, I think there's enough indication now that there are going to be cuts. There are going to be cuts to infrastructure funding, um, mm. uh, prote- potentially long term cuts to the operating funding that uh, municipalities municipalities get as well.
0: And both of that was mentioned in the McKinnon Report, of as course. As
1: well, yeah. right. And the McKinnon Report lays that out a bit. And, and it says some strange things, for example, that you know the municipalities have tax room to grow, mm-hmm. whereas the province does not. I've never quite understood that. Um, my municipal taxes have grown pretty much every year, not so much my provincial taxes. So I'm not entirely sure what the justification for that is. However, that does seem to be the government's preferred strategy at this point. Uh, and Jason Kenney talked at length about, you know, we need you to be partners in this. You know, we need to cut our spending down. We need to reduce red tape. And if we're going to do that, if we're going to loosen some of the strings and help municipalities with that, you need to pass those savings on to your residents rather than just taking it into your own coffers. So mm-hmm. uh, there are some, uh, I think, some tough messages there. Uh, municipalities, um, I think they're going to have some difficult questions to answer, based on what the UCP provides to them in terms of funding the next few years.
0: Yeah, Kenny talked about making it Team Alberta. Hashtag Team Alberta uh so i guess we can expect those t-shirts coming up real soon
2: that's catchier than uh jim prentice's uh, albertans need to look in the mirror
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah (laughs) you know a couple of people tweeted that when i was uh tweeting jason kenney's speech this morning and like has he said look in the mirror yet and i'm like nah (laughs) he's not doing
3: that
1: (laughs) (laughs) math math is difficult that one didn't come (laughs) up you know
2: Mm. i mean even under rachel notley if the ndp had won They'd still be looking at quite a sizable deficit. They'd still have to find a path to balance, and you'd have to look at. They would have to look at their spending as well. May they have cut like the UCP is saying that that we potentially need to do? Probably not. But at the same time, they would have been looking for restraint, and and ways that they can save money. And you know, no one should be surprised that Jason Kenney is saying, "Look, we're gonna have to uh, rein things in," because that was his essentially his whole campaign, mm-hmm. I guess. We'll see how not as bad as 1993 the budget is come October 24th, but I think even the UCP has to get the the appetite for steep cuts, even if Albertans believe the budget needs to be balanced Mm. and we need to start paying down our debt so we're not burdening future generations with... Uh, debt servicing payments. I think even the UCPs to realize that the ap- appetite for really steep cuts may not be there.
0: And to your point on on you know this was they did run on this during the election. Jason Kenney brings that up a lot. He says you know what this was this was a thing that Albertans voted for. They supported our platform, but I think he's going to run into trouble there because. You know what? If you just keep saying this was in our platform, therefore our gave us a huge mandate, therefore they support this, you're assuming that every single person who voted UCP supports every single thing in that platform. That is, I don't think that that is true.
2: No, but when it comes to when it comes to kind of the main planks. Of sure. The yeah, take your point. Stuff absolutely. About, yeah, like stuff about the province's finances. Mm-hmm. I think that that was one of the big selling points. I think there may be other parts of the UCP platform that people may not have noticed yep. or may not have read or or may not be in favor of that you're right that not everybody is voting hundred uh, percent for the entirety of someone's platform. It's there, are rare people that pick you would. and choose issues.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Dave generally on that. The problem is, you know, while a lot of Albertans supported the idea of reducing spending and taking care of the debt, they may not have grasped the implications of that. And that, that was one of my problems with the UCP during the campaign is they were I didn't think they were honest enough about exactly how those cuts are going to be delivered and what the implications are actually going to be. And it does appear like they are going to be asking municipalities to take a significant portion of this burden. That may be right or wrong, but when questions come up about, well, we haven't been able to fund that transit line or garbage collection is going to have to be reduced or you know that project we've been talking about for years, that's not going to happen now where's the blame going to fall? Is it going to fall on the mayors and reeves and their town councils, or is it going to fall on the provincial government? And that, that I think is an interesting question to ponder.
0: Just as a little interesting side note here, um, during her speech this morning, Rachel Notley basically told everybody that she couldn't talk about this when she was premier, but when she was, she had this security detail and they had this nickname for it, it was Honey Badger. You guys seen that, the, the Honey Badger video? <laughs> honey Badger don't care. Exactly, right? <laughs> right? So apparently that was their nickname for it. and I asked her whether she does actually relate to the Honey Badger and she kind of just laughed. I asked Jason Kenny, you know, I, I said Notley said, was talking about this Honey Badger thing, he said, I don't even know what that is. I said, what animal would you be? If you were to pick a, you know, an animal to relate to, he didn't want to answer that question. He said that he he kind of it's it's always fun to stump Jason Kenney because it doesn't happen that often. Um, so he kind of laughed and said, "I'm not answering that, Emma. If I answer that, i was going to be part of some terrible meme, and I'm not going down that
2: road." <laughs> well, it's true. Someone would Photoshop him onto his head onto the body of said animal or something like that, <laughs> and it'll turn into a thing. I think
0: that'd be great. No. Well. I'd be Dep- cool if someone turned me into a zebra, <laughs> you know. Hey, Maura, when people were asking questions in the bear pits, was there a, was there like a theme among the questions that you noticed at all or not really?
3: There were a lot of questions on rural crime, oh, which yeah, okay. I know is being reviewed right now by uh, – the, the initiative is being reviewed by Minister Schweitzer. Uh, a lot of concern also about um, like rural homelessness and uh, support for mental health and addictions um, in like outside the cities. There's honestly in the, in the uh, comments from – from elected leaders, like in in rural and more remote municipalities, there was a lot of like pain about feeling like uh, kind of the big cities had been the focus of efforts like that, mm-hmm. and really not uh, feeling any support from the province um, in you know handling their own uh, vulnerable individuals in the community. Yep. So that those were big um, as well. Lots of more specific concerns about uh, agriculture and um, like business taxation, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were more handled. Uh, one-on-one after the panels.
0: Yeah, right on. All right, I want to switch gears to the weirdest press conference uh, of 2019 thus far. Yep, I'm calling it. Uh, so far, it's been the weirdest. But who knows what the rest of the year will bring. Basically, this week, TELUS announced $16 billion bucks over five years invested in things like healthcare technology and fibre optics, et cetera, et cetera, for Alberta. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Um, what I was confused about was why in god's green earth was jason kenney there i still do <laughs> it's don't... a
2: 16 billion dollar private sector investment into health technology yeah probably o- i don't ob- know
0: obs- obviously we- i mean it- and now look it's not unusual for a politician to show up and be like oh it's a private sector investment but usually there is a very clear and direct tie to either government money or government program or government policy i just didn't pick that up here keith you were listening to this and I was sitting there and now for context, I was extremely jet lagged at this announcement. I couldn't really feel my feet. I loosely had no idea where I was. To reality. Yeah. <laughs> very loosely. Very loosely tethered to reality. I didn't know what was going on. And I thought, is this just me? Like is this just me thinking this is the weirdest thing ever? So I tweeted something out and I get all these people start texting me and DMing me, going, No, you're a hundred percent this is weird. Keith, you were you were listening, right? <laughs>
1: I-, I was. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I wasn't there, said, but, but chuckling. The uh, the feeling of this came through on on the phone. Uh, believe me, it really did. It's it was it was bizarre. When you looked at the press release advertising this event and the premier was going, you sort mm-hmm. of expected, you know, he would speak for maybe ten minutes. The uh, the president CEO of, of Telus would speak for ten minutes. It would be kind of your typical subdued government announcement um, that there would be a government and there would be a government announcement. Instead, (laughs) it was this loud, obnoxious TELUS pep rally, which was strange to see the premier involved with this. Darren Entwistle, the CEO from TELUS, went on and on and on and on in this really enthusiastic pump up you know, TELUS is the most amazing thing ever. This this announcement of $16 billion is the most amazing thing ever. And then started repeating government talking points yeah. about how we spend too much on healthcare and how the UCP government is going to take care of this problem. Uh, it All was-
0: 60,000 team members at TELUS are right behind Jason Kenney and his administration as they rein in healthcare costs and deal with the problem and give Albertans better outcomes. That was literally something he said. Yeah,
1: about a fiber optic investment in Alberta. It was just very strange. And he went on and on and on. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is this guy still talking? So, I, I that was maybe you know, maybe we should have known to expect that, but it just didn't come across from what uh, from how the government portrayed it uh, ahead of time. And even talking to reporters and even some of the government people afterwards, they were like, Yeah, no, that was not what we <laughs> thought it was going to be.
0: <laughs> well, apparently, TELUS, I since have learned, has a healthcare division now. Um, both Darren Entwistle and Jason Kenny talked about this Babylon app that TELUS has developed through their healthcare division. Um, That basically makes it so that if you're in, you know, rural Alberta or whatever, you can connect in remotely to your doctor or your hospital or a specialist and you can get, you know, medical advice. So, I mean, from what everything that Entwistle was saying and what Kenny said after in the scrum, I can't help but think perhaps this was tell us trying to like get in good almost and say, We've got this cool app, you all should use it and now perhaps the U C B government will be taking that direction and making it some kind of mandated thing that doctors and hospitals and medical clinics have to use this free Babylon healthcare app to reduce healthcare costs because that's what Kenny was pegging it to.
1: Yeah, like uh, they may be jonesing for a government contract there for for this. I'm still not entirely clear what this app does and how it's going to save piles and piles of money. There is, you know, potentially uh, some doctor's visits that could be avoided, uh, potentially, you know, some uh, easier use of video conferencing. So you you can connect with a, a doctor in the city if you're in Vermilion or high level or wherever you happen to be. But a lot of that technology already exists. Moving it over to the private sector, those contracts—is are we going to save a lot of money from that? I, I think this was, at least my read on it. This this was overplayed. This is not going to be the the silver bullet that gets Alberta out of uh, high healthcare costs. It, it just seemed like a very odd announcement. But they are trying to connect this investment to. Uh, some sort of government policy. And so that, that was the what the hook was for this particular event.
0: Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. What was the weirdest press conference you've ever been to, Dave? Can you think off the top of your head?
1: No. No. <laughs> no. I can give you one. Uh, this was several years ago when... Uh, Klondike days felt like that wasn't working out for them and they needed to change their name and so they arranged this very gaudy press conference over at Northlands uh, to announce the new name for Klondike days and they had like lights and sound and actors and costumes and uh, it went on a while before they finally announced the name which was uh, capital X (laughs) and the whole audience were just like oh, goodness, we waited 30 minutes. for Like, this whole <laughs> this whole press conference must have cost them $20,000. <laughs> and that's what we get. And Capital X lasted, what, four years mm. before they decided, Now, nah, okay, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> so that that was definitely one of the weirdest I've been to.
0: Moira, been to anything weird? No, I'm still a, you've wee, been, babe. You're, I've you're a wee babe. You're a wee babe in journalism. Yeah, I've only
3: got a few, what, Six months under my belt, so, <laughs> so this is something as, a, to as, a, to. as a, you know, part of the, the real media, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that's something you can really look forward to in your, in your yeah, career. Yeah, you
3: know, I hope one day I'll be able to come back on the podcast and have uh, something to top that story, Emma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's switch gears very briefly to Bill 12 decision, that is turn off the taps legislation. Um, federal court has granted a temporary injunction to BC against the Alberta legislation saying, oi. That's unconstitutional or kind of maybe probably temporary injunction, can't do that, hand slap, Alberta, no, that's in in a nutshell. I think I encapsulate that right, Dave? Something like that. Yeah.
2: So, but the funny thing is, is the province hasn't said they were going to enforce it, like put it into effect.
0: No, but they proclaimed it, right? They proclaimed
2: it, so they could. So it's an injunction against something that the province isn't planning on using right now. They're not planning on using its turn off the taps powers as of this moment. So they can't. And then again, it's only temporary until the court rules on whether it's constitutional. It's not that. So I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, it's a little hand slap, but at the same time, it's like, it, it, it seems anticlimactic because there's no plan. There were no plans to use it. They just wanted to have that tool in their tool belt. And right now they've, someone's just said, well, I'm not going to give you a license to use that tool yet. You got to wait. You know, it's like, it's like a 24 hour cooling off period when you want to buy a gun or something, not <laughs>
0: But this is, I mean, it is, and it was interesting talking to Rachel Notley about this. I had a chat with her quickly on the phone and she was like, it was basically a big, we told you so from the NDP because the NDP wrote this legislation and they didn't proclaim it. And their argument was, you don't proclaim it until you're just about to use it. So basically you proclaim it at the very last second and then you start using it. And only then can the courts kind of do their injunction and you will have been able to at least use it. And her argument when Kenny said he was going to proclaim it was, don't do it because they will immediately launch a constitutional challenge. Um, and that's what happened.
2: But couldn't they have gotten an emergency? Let's say that they, yeah. they went the NDP way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the government decided to use it and proclaim it right away. Yeah. You could argue that BC could have tried to get an emergency injunction in place that would have stopped the province from doing so right away.
3: Yes, but now you've got a court case going on with it, a legislation that you haven't even tried to use yet.
0: Yeah, so I guess with the injunction that could have come in, it would have been after they'd actually had a chance to use it. And mm-hmm. courts are not known for being exceptionally speedy in their tackling.
2: Although on Bill 9, they got inj- hurt yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. pretty quickly. There was yeah, no injunction. I
1: mean, point. Dave's Dave's point is, is a valid one that, in the sense that if, if – the NDP actually had used it initially, proclaimed it, and then used it. That might have ramped up the pressure on the court to grant a quicker yeah. emergency injunction. This particular injunction took how long? Uh, five months? Oh, yeah. bloody! <laughs> before, ages, yeah. it, before it actually came, so we don't we don't know what the court's timing would have been had had it actually been used. But I think that I think Notley has been at least at this point proven right. We'll see how the full court case goes. This is just a temporary step at this point. But she she warned the premier uh, that this was a bad move that uh, BC would have the opportunity to stop this before uh, it had a chance of being used at all. Uh, That has seemingly uh, come to be at this point. You can ask yourself why the NDP passed a piece of legislation (laughs) that that basically had no shelf life to it, that they knew was probably vulnerable to a constitutional challenge. And that is a
0: valid question. uh, That is an
1: absolutely valid question. But once they had it, uh, the They recognized that it was vulnerable and that it could only be used in a certain circumstance. Jason Kenney decided to ignore that. This was a great talking point for him during the campaign when he was trying to whip up his base and claiming that uh, the rest of Canada has been trying to screw Alberta. And so this looked really good. Uh, It was a really good message during the election to say we are going to go after B.C. with this tough legislation, uh, even though strategically I think this is really a blunder.
0: Promise made, promise kept, Keith. Yep. That's what they like to say. Promise made, promise kept. And it's true. They said, we're going to proclaim that legislation straight away. And they did. And then there was a constitutional (laughs) challenge. Now it's got an injunction, but it is only temporary. Um, Jason Kenney um, said that he isn't sure yet whether or not the government will be appealing it. They're going to have a closer look at the decision and also noted many times it is a temporary injunction and then said, if we need to, we can potentially amend this legislation so that it fits in with what the court's concerns are. So that's the latest on that. I guess we'll see where this goes. Okay, over to our regular segment, Good Stuff from the Gallery, in which Dave points out or pointed out the last two weeks, we tell you how to spend your spare time. I thought that was a really good way of encapsulating what this is about. I liked that, Dave. It was poetic. Well, thank you. Mm. So, yeah, we recommend things that you've read or seen or listened to lately that we think you might also enjoy, dear listeners. Uh, Breck, you got anything for us this week, mate?
2: Um, I'm going to recommend uh, a podcast. It's a lighter listen Um I, in my teen years especially, I was a big fan of the uh, Mancunian band Oasis. Um, their debut album <laughs> Mancunian, turned... Wow. Mancunian, wow. Yeah, that's a good word. A- yeah. B- SAT <laughs> word. Um, their debut album definitely maybe turned 25 in what? August. No. Yes. <gasps> You're making us all <gasps> feel line. old. Dave, why Ab- are you doing Abbey Road just turned 50 oh, yesterday boy. as well. Oh, the Beatles. Anyway, also give a listen to Abbey Road. But there's a... So, I assume it's Oasis's record label, uh, Sony, um, or maybe it's the band altogether. There's a, there's a new, there's a podcast series called listen up and it's about the kind of the, the formation of the band and the making of their first album. And, you know, still after all these years, I, I love listening to those, uh, sarcastic and, uh, kind of snotty nose, uh, smart asses kind of (laughs) <laughs> talk and argue and be arrogant and all that. They're, they're entertaining. Uh, so listen up, uh, The Story of Oasis. Uh,
1: find it where you listen to podcasts.
0: Fantastic. Keith, you're on. What you got, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm going to recommend a article, a long read in the Huffington Post by Althea Raj. She's one of the uh, the people that's on the At Issue panel on CBC on Thursdays uh, all the time. Uh, this is a uh, a piece looking at the federal election in particular at the riding of Burnaby North Seymour. This mm-hmm. is the kind of the epicenter for for Trans Mountain Expansion opposition. Uh, And it is a very interesting look at the politics there. The Liberals currently hold the seat, but uh, Sven Robinson, uh, former NDP MP, is trying to take it back for the NDP. The Greens are also uh, in play there. Uh, it's It's quite a fascinating read about the politics of pipelines in that part of BC.
0: Fantastic. I'm going to recommend that everyone go to Chobe National Park That's in Botswana, or go across to Zambia and hang out in Devil's Pool, which is on the edge of Victoria Falls, which is the largest waterfall in the world. Because I went there and it was amazing and I had a really good time. As I was there as well, I read a well, I started reading a book by an author from Lusaka who is an economist. It is called How the West Was Lost and it is a fascinating read. She has another book coming out as well, basically about, um, you know, Western control of the world economy and how that is slipping through its grasp and basically now. you know, developing economies and places like Africa and Asia and now becoming to be the big economic world powers, what that means for the West and for the world economy overall. Excellent read.
3: I'm only halfway through it, but I'll get there in the end. Moira, take us home, mate. Awesome. I'm going to try and recommend something a little bit more achievable for most of our listeners. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, It's a pair of articles. The first is called The Hustlers at Scores by Jessica Pressler, and it was published in New York magazine. 2015. Um, it's still online, and I recently reread it after seeing the Hustlers movie starring uh-huh. J Lo and Constance Wu this weekend. Um, and that movie was a really interesting look at the politics and the uh, economic drivers of sex work and stripping. That um, and uh, so, anyways, the the story is just an, ama- an amazing, riveting tale of crime and true true tale of crime and uh, and misdemeanors, and you know. Glitter. <laughs> um, and then we've also got a follow-up that in, that Huffington posted after the movie came out. Uh, this is an article by Al Donato called How Canadian Sex Workers Feel About the Hustlers Movie. Um, it's a really interesting look oh. at kind of some of the issues in sex work in Canada um, kind of how uh, people in the industry um, see the movie as either shedding light on important topics um, but also you know uh, reinforcing some harmful stereotypes about stripping and sex work um, and it really opened my eyes to a lot of uh, issues I hadn't thought about yet so I wow. would highly recommend uh, the double whammy of those two pieces right on guys thank you
0: so much for joining me for another week of uh, chatting about Alberta politics here at the Edmonton Journal Dave Brecken. Ridge, Keith Ryan, Maura Whiten, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm your host Emma Graney and we'll be back again this time next week for more Press Gallery. Thanks for listening.